welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. You talk about a damn good exciting finish to the round of eight. Well, my goodness, we got it. Probably the best playoff race that we have seen in a very, very long time. We had battles all over the place. We had a cutoff line that was separated by one point in the final few laps. It was everything that we wanted. And best of all, we had a guy from the outside looking in, getting a victory and advancing on to the championship four. What is up, guys? This is Vanilla Wafer, and thank you for listening to... The Field Filler Podcast. We're here at the back of the field after watching a very, very exciting race here in the second to last race. First things first, I just want to say this. Martinsville Speedway should be one of the final races held in the NASCAR season from here on out. Either the second to final race or make it the championship race. I don't care what you do. Just keep it right here because... Damn, that was so good. Better than having like Texas or Phoenix being the second to last race. Instead, we get Phoenix as the final race. We'll see how that one goes. I'm not looking too forward to that. But this race was by far one of the best races of the year. There was a little bit of controversy with almost every single playoff driver. So we will talk about that, including which drivers move on and which drivers fell short, as well as the final results. So let's get into it. This is your results here at the Xfinity 500. Alrighty, so let's look at some quick stats here. We had 20 different lead changes amongst 10 different drivers. We also had 12 cautions for 83 laps. It was a good action-packed race. I didn't know who was going to win it with about 100 laps to go, but in the end, it is the number nine of Chase Elliott with Rick Henrik Motorsports locking himself into the championship four for the first time in his career. He will be racing for a championship as he gets the victory here at the Xfinity 500. Congratulations to Chase Elliott. We'll see how he does in Phoenix. Finishing second was the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing third, another playoff driver, the number 22 of Joey Logano. He locked himself in earlier in the round of eight. Brad Keselowski, his partner, will also be racing for a championship. He finished fourth in this race. Finishing fifth is the number one of Kurt Busch. Finishing sixth, we have the number 88 of Alex Bowman. Finishing seventh is the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Eighth place, we have the number 14 of Clint Boyer. Finishing ninth is the number 18 of Kyle Busch. And rounding out the top 10, the number 21 of Matt DiBandetto. Finishing 11th, we have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. He fills up the final spot in the playoff four. Finishing 12th is the number 20 of Eric Jones. Finishing 13th, a rookie, the number 41 of Cole Custer. Finishing 14th is number 42 of Matt Kenseth. Finishing 15th, we have the number 95 of Christopher Bell. 16th is the number 13 of Ty Dillon. Finishing 17th is the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. Finishing 18th, we have the number 6 of Ryan Newman. 19th will go to the number 37 of Ryan Priest. And rounding up the top 20, the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 was the number 19 finishing 22nd. That is Martin Trex Jr. had a loose wheel near the end of the race. He led 129 laps, had to go down pit road, and he had to change the tire. Big bummer for that number 19 machine. We also had Jimmy Johnson struggle once again with something random, and he finishes 30th in this race. And then the number 24 of William Byron, he backs that car into the wall, and he wrecks out. He finishes 35th in this race. And that is your final results here at Martinsville. 
Now, let's look at some ups and downs from this weekend. A big up, absolutely, was the racing. The racing was exciting. There was bumping and banging. It was everything you wanted from Martinsville. Some guy did not dominate the whole race. Well, Chase Elliott led half the race. But still, it wasn't like nobody could keep up with him. There were times where he fell back and he had to move his way back up. Fell off once again because some driver was a little bit faster like Martin Trex Jr. It was everything that we needed for a cutoff race. Excitement, thriller, and nobody knowing who was going to move forward. I really like that. Secondly, all the drivers who needed to be in a must-win situation were right up there at the front. At one point, you had Chase Elliott, Truex, as well as Alex Bowman and Kurt Busch all right there in the top five. That is absolutely stellar because you could tell that these guys were without a doubt the best. The one that was lacking a little bit out of those four was Kurt Busch, but Kurt Busch was kind of the wild card going into that. So it was still everything that we wanted in this round of eight. Another big thumbs up for Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott did absolutely everything he needed to do. He was absolutely dominant. He showed why he should be in that championship for look out for that number nine team. They are looking to become the favorite contenders out of those four. Big up for him. Congratulations. Also, a big up for Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney finishing in the top two, kind of showing a little bit of talent that he had at the beginning of the year, fell off a little bit, but now he's showing himself in this round of eight that, hey, we were still a very good team. We just weren't able to keep up with them because we were too inconsistent. But you know, they're being consistent right now. They're getting the good finishes. That's a big up for Ryan Blaney. And lastly, this one's going to come out of left field. But what about a big old thumbs up to the number 66 of Timmy Hill? Let's throw in a field filler driver in there because, let's be honest, he did absolutely great in this race. Got a lot of TV time, was mentioned a lot, and he was able to stay on the lead lap for a very long time. Now, he did get into the wall near the end, and he finished five laps down, but he still finished 29th. He was definitely the best out of all the field fillers. Good job to Timmy Hill. He needed a good finish here with that business management motorsports team, and they did fairly well for what they have. Good job for Timmy Hill on that one. So there was quite a few ups in this race, but that doesn't mean it was all sunshine and rainbows here at Martinsville. Oh, no, 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 no. We still got a lot to talk about. One quick down I want to throw in there is from the track officials, because when Chris Buescher released all that fluid around the racetrack, they put so much speedy dry on there, they almost turned the half-mile racetrack into the world's largest litter box. For whole much sand on there, they were basically making fun of it. They were like, oh, yeah, they're going to use that secondary what were they thinking? Why did they throw so much sand on there? Extended caution. Come on, track officials. This is one of the championship races. We can't dump that much on this racetrack. And by the way, they are not using Martinsville for the dirt racetrack, if that's what you guys were thinking. They're doing that at Bristol. So there's a down. Put the track officials on the bum territory. Another down is Jimmy Johnson and his bad luck. Jimmy Johnson why can't we trust you anymore? You are a seven-time champion, and you have some of the worst luck ever in the 2020 season, and it's just not going away. I swear to God, if you finish last in this final race, I am going to cry so badly. I don't even care if Chase Elliott wins the championship. It is just so sad to see Jimmy Johnson struggle this bad near the end, and it was also the ally sign machine. It, is that why you finished 30th, Jimmy Johnson? You had a field filler sign your car, and now you can't finish above the top 30? Ah, oh, bum territory for me for kind of sabotaging Jimmy Johnson. 
Oh, and don't you worry, Chase Elliott's pit crew, you're on the bum territory too, because you almost cost Chase Elliott an opportunity to race in the championship for jumping over the wall too soon. However, they brought that one back, so I think every single Kevin Harvick fan in existence right now hates Chase Elliott and also hates NASCAR for that kind of ridiculous call, but they were doing absolutely horrible in the final few pit stops. They could not get a good pit stop to save their life. As far as like missing the lug nuts on the tire, jumping over the wall too soon, uh, just misstepping, it was just bad by them. If they want to win this championship, they got to get their crap together. I mean, thank goodness they don't have Chad Knauts on there on top of the pit box because he would have had their asses replaced by the end of that race. But good thing that wasn't the case. But man, Chase Elliott's team, you definitely need to get it together next week at Phoenix. For now, you're in bum territory. But I think the biggest bum in this weekend is Rodney Childers and Kevin Harvick and that whole entire organization there for having such a garbage car for Martinsville that a guy that was 42 points above the cut line missed the playoffs for the championship four. How did you guys have such a bad car that Timmy Hill, a field filler nonetheless, was beating you for about 50% of that race? What in the hell was going on? The team could not get anything right on that car for the first 80% of that race. The last 20%, they finally get on the lead lap. They start passing cars. But even then, the car wasn't even that great. And they cost themselves so much that they went from 42 points to about 17 points behind the cut line. Are you kidding me? And then they finally get there to the end, and then Kevin Harvick just has to pass Kyle Busch. That's all he has to do. No, he decides to turn right, tries to wreck him, and takes his own ass out. That is absolutely ridiculous, Kevin Harvick. You should have talked to the guy that you were trying to take out. That was the number 18 of Kyle Busch, and he knows a thing or two about taking people out. Because let's flash back to earlier this year, when he was able to take out Chase Elliott with such clean accuracy. Because he didn't even lose a position, but he was able to take Chase Elliott out. Or let's even go back almost 10 years, when he took your ass out at Darlington. He didn't even lose a spot there, and he wrecked you under caution. That's who you should get advice from because he's a two-time champion and you're not going to be a two-time champion because you just missed the championship four. Oh, damn. That was just cold-blooded, man. I'm sorry to Kevin Harvick. He, he, he didn't need that much grief. But neither did Kyle Busch because Kyle Busch was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know who should have got some grief? And that was his own teammates. I'm talking about the number 11 of Denny Hamlin and the number 20 of Eric Jones because they're not out of the woods yet. There has been a little bit of talk going around NASCAR, that these guys actually tried to cheat to get Denny Hamlin into the race. And they did it successfully so far. We will see what NASCAR does. But Eric Jones was coming up to the back bumper of the number 11 machine way before the finish. I'm talking about like 20 to 30 laps he was right there on the back bumper of Denny Hamlin, but he never passed him. Was it simply because Denny Hamlin was just racing really hard right there? Did Eric Jones' car just all of a sudden go to crap? No, there was actually radio communication between the crew chief and the driver to not pass the number 11. If this all sounds familiar, let's go back to Richmond, where back in 2011 and 2013, we had Paul Menard spin out on purpose just to give Kevin Harvick the win. Now, this is not nearly as bad as we thought because Kevin Harvick just got a victory, got more points into the playoffs. It didn't give him the championship and it didn't really take anyone out of the playoffs. But in 2013, oh boy, that really shook everything out because we had Spinderella Clint Boyer at the time in the number 15 machine spin out on purpose in turn three and four to give Barn Trex Jr. the advantage going into the playoffs. And if that wasn't enough, Brian Vickers went down pit road right before the green flag just to make sure Barn Trex Jr. had an extra position. And then all 
also, we had Joey Logano and David Gillen basically giving each other handsies back in 22nd to 24th so that Joey Logano could make it in instead of Jeff Gordon. This one is a little bit bigger because it is for the championship four, not just to make it into the NASCAR playoffs. So basically what NASCAR has done is they basically eliminated Richmond and all its controversy, but have brought it to Martinsville instead. You know what I got to say to NASCAR? This whole playoff idea is just not really working that well as you thought. Because you just lost Kevin Harvick into the championship four. The guy that clearly should have won this championship from the get-go. If it was like it was in the old days, he would already be locked in. And I know I know a lot of people are just thinking, well, you're just a grumpy old man, and you just want the old playoffs because that's what NASCAR used to be. Well, no, I'm not an old man. I'm only 24. I may have a hairline as a 38-year-old, but I'm only 24 years old. Secondly, NASCAR is not... Not like the MLB, NFL, and NBA. Even though it tries so much to be just like him, it's just not working. You can see it in the viewership, and you can see it here in racing. It is more like golf. And the reason why I say golf, I know, they're, they're both sports that don't really seem like the most exciting thing from outside perspectives, but let me explain here. So NASCAR has made it win and you're in. That's how the new playoff system works. That is almost like with golf, you know, they play 72 holes in a weekend from Thursday to Sunday. I know, groundbreaking stuff. And whoever scores the least amount of points in that entire weekend is the one who wins the tournament. Let's just say this. Let's say the PGA says, you know what, we're not getting enough viewership. So if a golfer scores an eagle on any one of the holes, they advance to the next day, no matter how bad they do in the rest of it. So let's say like Tiger Woods, he's getting a bogey on every single hole. He's absolutely sucking booty cheeks. And then he gets an eagle on a par five. He just keeps advancing on and on and on until the final event where you had someone like Rory McIlroy just get like nothing but birdies all the way to the very end, except for the very last hole, he kind of screws up, gets a bogey. Well, he should be fine because he's 15 below par. But no, you had someone like Tiger Woods getting an eagle every single day, and then that very last hole, he just so happens to get a birdie on that one. Those are his only good five holes, and guess what? He wins the tournament. Bada beam, bada boom, that's the end of it. Now, tell me how ridiculous that sounds. That's basically what NASCAR has done. It doesn't matter if you are running 29th in the points. If you win at, say, like Daytona and you keep getting these victories at all these restricted plates or these random tracks, you're going to be in the championship four. And you're going to eliminate someone that was well-deserving to be up front just because they had themselves a couple of bad races near the end. But don't worry, they did really good in the other races, but it doesn't matter anymore. That's basically what NASCAR has done, and I really just don't like the setup anymore. I thought it was really cool at the beginning, but as time has went on, there's been some drivers who were well-deserving to be in that championship for who just weren't. And the reason why they changed it from the race for the chase was because Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss just dominated every single year. But it's no longer like that anymore because I don't really see a driver that's really staying out. Maybe Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick's well-deserving, but you also have Denny Hamlin right behind him. But at the same time, this is also NASCAR's fault. Because, let's be honest here, the last few races, NASCAR has made some pretty stupid calls. And one that I'm really looking at right now is Chase Elliott's pit crew call. 
Yes, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but let's be honest. This was a pretty bad call on NASCAR's part because this has been something that we've never seen before. So it's either black and white, but then again, we hit the gray area. So now I guess you can reset yourself. If you've done something wrong, you don't have to go to the back of the field. Never heard this call before. Even the announcers were confused. NASCAR, come on. We got to be consistent with the calls. I mean, the double yellow line rule comes up all the time, but this pit crew situation is getting out of control. They have made some really ridiculous calls when it comes to pit road. We are either clear about the rules or we just don't have these rules in effect. There's no in-between anymore. It's absolutely ridiculous. And if you're a Kevin Harvick fan, you got every right to be upset because let's be honest here. If that rule was in effect, I don't think Kevin Harvick would be eliminated right now. I think Ryan Blaney would be the winner. So overall, we just have ourselves a big mess here, and I honestly don't know what the answer is, and I don't even think NASCAR knows what the answer is, but let me know, who should be the championship four right now, and should we even have it reset to the championship four? Should we go back to the race for the chase, when it used to be 10 or 12 drivers, or should we just eliminate that altogether? I don't know. It gave us a really exciting race, don't get me wrong. I know why they did this, but at the same time, they gotta be consistent with the calls. We gotta know exactly what's going on, but until then, we'll just see what NASCAR says here because there is a little bit of controversy all around this race. So we'll see who exactly is the championship for and move on from there. Now, I know earlier this week we didn't really have really a set top 10 guys to go for as far as fantasy options went, but I mostly told people there was really just about eight options at most that you wanted to go with. And if you would have went with the drivers who are on the outside looking in, you were probably really happy with this call because Chase Elliott scored 57 points. He was by far the best fantasy option to go with. So hopefully you put him on your roster. Martin Trex Jr. was almost in the same exact boat, but due to that loose wheel of him finishing 22nd, he only scores 29 points. So a guy that should have been a top one or two pick winds up being your sixth pick and probably the guy you eliminated. Some other noticeable guys who went on this list was Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch, and Denny Hamlin. All drivers who did really, really well. I did not expect Ryan Blaney to do this good to score 42 points. If you did think that he was going to do good and you put him on your roster, hey, congratulations. That was one that I completely missed. Kevin Harvick, I hope you stayed away from him. I thought he would be a good option as a fourth or fifth pick, but if you had him for one more pick, you definitely wanted to save him for Phoenix. Now I don't know how good he's going to do at Phoenix, but he's definitely going to still be up the front. So definitely put him on your roster. Kurt Busch and Alex Bowen were very viable options in this race. Not going for the victory, but definitely a third and fourth pick. Well done on you if you put him on there. And Kyle Busch kind of fits in that category as well. We knew these guys would be near the front. We just didn't think that they were going to get the victory, but they were going to be definitely guys you want to put in the middle of your roster. The one that absolutely shocked me was Eric Amarola. I did not think Eric Amarola was going to do good in this race. He's just been way off the pace from what I've seen. But for him to come and finish seventh and get 30 points, that's still really good for him. He was able to edge out Clint Boyer, who I said would be a good safe option for a number six pick. Clint Boyer still scores 29 points, but if you include his partner instead, you're a little bit happier. I wouldn't say extremely happy, but not much of a difference. The biggest letdowns were Jimmy Johnson and William Byron. Jimmy Johnson and William Byron, they had themselves a really good race at the beginning. William Byron was right around the 8th or 13th spot. 
he was definitely a good fifth or fourth pick to go with. But due to his accident near the end, I think he cut a tire or something, ran into the back of the wall, only scored five points. Yikes. Hopefully you weren't relying on him and hopefully you didn't have his partner, Jimmy Johnson, because Jimmy Johnson just has no luck anymore. I just stay away from Jimmy Johnson for the rest of the year. Jimmy Johnson, we love you. It's been a great, great career, but my goodness, 2020 and 2019 are best to be left behind. So who do you go for here in this final race? Who's going to be your final roster for the 2020 season? Is it safe to put all the championship four drivers? Maybe some of the guys who missed the cut. Maybe you can have Alex Bowman have himself a really good race. Maybe it's going to be somebody that you haven't even thought about at all this year. We're going to all go into that in the next episode. So make sure to tune in. It's going to be the final fantasy picks of the 2020 season. And that will conclude the final segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We just have one more race left, and it's down to four drivers. Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Denny Hamlin. Who is going to win the 2020 championship in one of the, if not the craziest season in NASCAR history? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how is Phoenix going to be. Is Phoenix going to be a viable season finale race or is it going to be one of the biggest letdowns of the entire year i'm not too sure we'll just have to see and see what actually happens in this final race just make sure to tune into it it's going to be a crazy race i feel like i'm hoping it is i mean i don't know if if it's going to be as crazy as martinville but i'm hoping it's a good race and then after this we'll try to figure out what we're going to do with the podcast after on the off season because we don't have really any races to cover after this we'll probably do some storytelling i do like the idea of maybe talking about field fillers or talking about the rise and fall of some certain drivers i don't know let me know what you guys want to hear because this has been more of a trial and error year i think i'd say this is like the preseason to this podcast and then we're going to start being a regular season maybe we'll have a guest for every single episode i don't know but we'll figure it out but it's going to be exciting to see what this final race holds. So thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time. So I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>